Get it. The Bird Show. Let me ask you guys a question. How much would I have to throw in the middle of this table right here for you to agree not to use your cell phone for the next 30 days? 30 days? 30 days. What is it worth to you? It's cash, so it's not getting taxed. <laughs> It's all under the table. That's how I operate. All under the table. Government, just shut your ears for a second. Um, (laughs) Probably, I'd probably work my way to $15,000. 15 grand to stay off your phone for a month, okay, Mo? As much as I've been traveling lately, I'd do it for $100. I don't care about my phone. All right. Um, I'm going to say $2,000. Two thousand bucks? Yeah, y'all are cheap as hell. Yeah, <laughs> like if somebody offered me, like I'm trying to think of the lowest amount. Like hmm. if somebody offered me two thousand dollars to stay off my phone for thirty days, absolutely, I would do it. I'm trying to think of like the lowest okay. amount I would take. If somebody offered me even fifteen hundred, like one thousand five hundred dollars to stay off my phone for thirty days, I would do it for that. Probably. Mm, That's what you draw the line? Maybe it's $1,000. That's a lot of money to stay off your phone for 30 days. You're a terrible negotiator. You started at $2,000 and now you're at $1,000. Well, I kept thinking, like, if somebody came and had the money in their hand and said, this is yours if you stay off your phone for 30 days, $1,000. I could do that for $1,000. The reason why I'm asking is there's a yogurt company right now that is offering $10,000, grand, just to stay off your phone for a month. How long do you think you could go without using your phone? One company is willing to pay if you think you can last a month. Siggy's Dairy is a yogurt company, but as part of a new marketing campaign, it's emphasizing the beauty of a life with fewer distractions. So it's offering $10,000 to someone who can go on a digital detox for a whole month. I want to see if I can do it for nothing. You know how we do dry January for oh, alcohol? Yeah. As I was listening to this story, I'm like, I'm not doing it this month. Um, too many things I'm, I'm giving up this month. Uh, <laughs> can't do alcohol and the phone. But maybe in March, February, I'm getting off the effects or I'm weaning off that. I'm going to need my phone. Um, well, we're also going to be on Bert's Big Adventure, <laughs> yeah. and it would be nice to get a hold of you. See, but you can do those for every month, but for sure February is out of the question because of Bert's Big Adventure. Uh-huh. But I think it's a lot like alcohol with dry January where there's always going to be some reason that you're going to look at the month and go, I got to be on my phone for that but do we i mean do we no you should you should do it in march and i think a lot of the concern is being able to be reachable and receive texts and i don't really see that as being on your phone like distracted that's a communication method so in march you should just get one of those like burner flip phones with that doesn't have a screen so you can't go on tiktok you can't go on instagram you can't play games you can't track health data whatever that distracts you and just like see if you can go a month with just an old school t9 Texting flip phone. I think I'd rather have nothing. Those were so frustrating. <laughs> um, I, I started to flesh this out the other day as we were talking about dry January and I haven't had a drink in January. Like, can I eliminate one thing every month? And the second one, obviously, in February was going to be I'm on the smallest amount of Effexor uh, and I want to get off of it. So Which I'm is gonna, what for those that don't know? It's like a social anxiety. When I started this show 23 years ago, I was so nervous of failure that I was uh, paralyzed. So the doctor's like, just take this for a couple of weeks. That was 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to try to wean myself off of that in February. And then I've been trying to think, like, what can I do every month? And the phone didn't even cross my mind. Until Siggy's offered it up. But maybe in March, like, if you guys were going to eliminate something from your life for an entire month that's not alcohol we already tried this one in january what would it be cassie we should do sex (laughs) 
Too easy. Wow, Cassie started three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Walking up. We'll do that February, March, and April. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And going around the room, what would you give up that's not alcohol? We've already done this one. Honestly, I do think it would be my phone. I do think it's probably the most toxic thing in my life. But I think it would drive me crazy wondering if people were trying to reach me. Like, my mom can't go six hours without knowing if I'm breathing or not. Like, mm-hmm. she needs she needs proof of life at least twice a day. <laughs> so I think if I was going to give up my phone, unless Siggy's wants to hit me up and pay me 10K, I think the, the healthy way that I would probably do it, because I've, I have been thinking about it, is maybe you check it twice a day. You check it once in the morning and once before you you go to bed so that people know you're alive and know that you care about them, but you're not constantly on it all day. So you give yourself like a time block, like 15 minutes on the phone in morning and 15 minutes on the phone at night? Yeah, just just checking text messages, just checking DMs, making sure like the world isn't burning down, but yeah, nothing more than that. I honestly think... My phone would be too easy for me. I, I don't think that would be difficult He's at all. He's just looking for a reason to detach yeah, from people. I, work! I'm going to give up work! It, my, <laughs> <laughs> doing this show in March. I'm, I'm taking it off. That's not a bad pick. Uh, yeah, my screen time is like an hour and a half a day. Like, it, my phone wouldn't be a problem. I, if it couldn't be alcohol, probably TV. TV. I would just not watch any TV and find time to be productive instead of watching, like, Netflix and things like that. Yeah, for me, it would either be TV or sleep aids. I take a lot of sleep aids to go to sleep at night now, like specialty teas or gummies, and I think it would probably mm-hmm. be beneficial to just go raw. Right. <laughs> okay. Get it. The Bird Show. All right, let's get Bridget on the phone here. She wants some help here. She disrespected a best friend years ago and would like to reconcile, but something like this goes on your permanent record, I'm afraid. Hey, Bridget, good morning. You're on The Bird Show. Hey, good morning, you guys. Good morning. Okay, bring us up to speed here. What did you do? What did you do? Well, several years ago, it was the beginning of one of the worst mistakes I ever made. I regretted it so much. Um, I started hooking up with my best friend's fiance. (gasps) That's bad. I think you expected that reaction from us. Where I I come from, that's bad. Not good. No, everywhere. And the first time it happened, you know, was too many drinks. But I I can't use that as Mm -hmm. an excuse because we went on hooking up. And at the same time, I was helping her plan her wedding to him. Oh, you're the worst, boo. (laughs) Boo. Tomato, tomato. She already knows that. She didn't come here for that. Oh, what a terrible person. Click E. Um, All right. So how many years ago was that? Um, God, it was, uh, it was several years ago now, not, um, okay. maybe like seven or eight. So, I mean, obviously I know it was bad and she had no idea what was going on and that her relationship with him and with me was not really what she thought it was going to be. Um, you know, but we ended it before the wedding. We knew it was wrong and they went ahead and got married. Oh, wow. Oh, <sighs> Yeah, and then a few months later, though, he started, like, texting me in the middle of the night, the you up kind of thing, and, you know, nothing went on between us at that time, but we we texted about what had happened in the past, and she wound up seeing that. She saw that text conversation. Uh, So so was that not received well? (laughs) Of course not. Our friendship ended. Um, You know, they had problems, and... um, I was really ashamed and humiliated. I don't blame her for ending the the friendship. And they stayed together and tried to work through it. 
and they lasted a few years and just recently separated. They're going through a divorce. Um, and, you know, over the years, I've tried to message her and I've tried to, you know, I really wanted to apologize, <clears throat> but I think she's blocked me not only on social media, but like blocked my email and phone. And I, I don't, I wrote her an email to apologize, never heard anything. I don't even know if she saw it. Yeah. You know, I just want her to know that I'm truly sorry. I am so sorry. And I hope that she can forgive me. And if she ever does, you know, I would love to reconnect mm -hmm. with her because I really miss her, so I'm wondering if you could get my message to her. Yeah, we already have, so we'll give you some results here in a little bit. But let's let's go ahead and chew on this for a while. Um, so Mo and I have already said before, like, he and I just don't, we, we don't forgive very easily. Uh, this one here would go on a permanent record for me. Like, the hurt would be so deep. She lost a sister, her sister, basically. If you're saying you're her best friend, her sister was messing around while helping her plan for her wedding. I would never be able to get over that. Yeah, for me personally, there, there's a few things you just can't apologize for. And this is one of those things. It's way too many violations. The fact that you did it, the fact that you continued to do it, the fact that you, you knew this information and kept it from me and allowed me to marry this person, the fact that you watched all of that happen, I, there's just no way I would ever be able to look at you the same as a friend, let alone a best friend. And the apology for me would just be to not be a part of my life for the rest of my life. That would just be me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she she wants to hear from you at all. And I, I guarantee you she's seen those apologies. So I don't know. I'm kind of on, on the fence with this because if your goal is just for her to know that you're sorry, I think she knows that you're apologizing. I just don't think she's in a place, understandably, where she could accept it. Yeah, I feel like, Bridget, th this is going to be this is going to be harsh and this is going to be brutal. I think this is extremely selfish on your part. We are seven to eight years removed from this. I think this is self-serving to apologize at this point. She's blocked you for a reason. And to drudge all of this back up again and open those wounds when she and her husband are like, are no longer together. And I'm not saying it's all your fault. He definitely, definitely is culpable and has to be accountable for his responsibility in this. Um, but you obviously played a huge part. Yeah, this is reaching out to her so you can say sorry. This has nothing to do with her. This has everything to do with you. Well, I mean, that part's already done because Tommy reached out to the... Well, if I would have known, I would have put my big old <laughs> foot down. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that you're going to get a great reaction from this. Just one more detail before we move on, and then we'll give you the results in a couple minutes. Um, her reaction, obviously, to you was not great. Um, was it a face-to-face? -face? Was it over the phone? Was it her yelling? How did it... The last conversation you had with her was what? Um, I just, um, she just sent me a, a text and said, you know, that she just couldn't be friends with me anymore. And then there was just no more, um, correspondence between us. So there wasn't like a lot of, I, I, I mean, if that's it, just like, Hey, I can't talk to you. There must've been more than that. Like, how could you do this? Not, nothing like that. Well, um, not really because it was so obvious what had happened and she just, I mean, she was angry at the time, of course, and then, then I couldn't get to her at all. So that's why I said I figured she blocked me every way she could, which I do understand. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. So our studio director, Tommy, has already reached out to her.
to see if she's even remotely interested in reconciling with you. So hang with us for a couple of minutes. We will come back and we will read the text exchange between Tommy and your former best friend, Nicole. Okay? Okay, thank you. All right, we'll do it next on The Burt Show. Get it. The Burt Show. Some things just go on your permanent record because you earned them. Because you absolutely earned them in a couple of seconds. We are going to um, read the text between our studio director, Tommy, and Bridget's former best friend, who she'd done wrong a couple of years ago. Kristen, what'd she do? She slept with her best friend's fiance while she was helping her plan her wedding. Oops. Many times. Yeah. That's not right. Um, and then <laughs> after... No, no, sir, it's not. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Obvious. Bridget's like, hey, I'm still here. (laughs) So after she and um, Bridget's former best friend, they were it was they were none the wiser. She married her husband and then the husband started hitting Bridget up again. Like, hey, girl, hey, want to hit that one more time? What? And then Bridget's ex-best friend saw the text messages, obviously, understandably, very upset cut off all communication with their best friend, tried to make things work with their husband, but has since gotten divorced. So as we said, some things just go on your permanent record, man. I mean, when there's something so painful like this, a reconciliation just seems so far reaching because it would at least for me bring me back to all that pain. I don't care how long ago it was, eight years ago, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Every single time I saw you, that's yeah. that's where it would take me back to. And it also feels like everything that I knew of you and of us was built on a complete lie. All right, so maybe we're wrong here, Bridget, but we reached out to your um, former best friend. You asked us to do that. Tommy did, our studio director, and he got a response from her. So, Tommy, you want to take it from here? Sure. I reached out to Nicole via text. That's what we're calling her, Nicole. I said, hey, my name's Tommy Owen. I work for The Bird Show. Turns out she is a fan of the show. I'm hoping you might be able to help us with a segment we're doing on the air. And she responded, whoa. Hi, so cool. How did you get my number, and what could you possibly need from me? It's about to not be so cool. (laughs) I said, well, I don't really need much. I just need to pass on a message to you and maybe get your response if you have one. And she said, oh, okay. Should I be nervous? Yes. And I said, I don't think so. Thomas, that's a lie. It's a bull-faced lie. I don't want to scare away out of the gate. I got to lie. I'm not delivering bad news or anything like that. He's already got plenty. It's more a message of apology for something you've already been through. And Nicole said, I think I know where this is going. Bridget? And I said, yes. I said, she really wants to let you know how sorry she is for everything she did several years ago. She says she has tried to contact you, but it seems she's blocked. She wants nothing from you. She accepts full responsibility and knows she did something awful. She just wants to say she is sorry. And Nicole said, okay, I'm not really sure what I should say. And I said, you don't have to say anything. I just wanted to pass the message on to you. And if you did want to say something to her, I can bring that back to her and let her know. Nicole said, can you give me some time to think about how to respond to this? And I said, absolutely just let me know. I'll hit you back I, in five minutes. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Ghosted. More like, more like three hours. So, Abby, imagine getting this, like, your this ghost from the past, and obviously not a, not, it's not Casper, it's not a friendly ghost, <laughs> and, like, that pit in your stomach, because, I mean, you, you're automatically going to go back to that place when it all happened. Oh, my God, I'd be sick to my stomach, but... On the other hand, I have never gotten over anything ever. And if somebody <laughs> wanted to grovel at my feet one more time, honestly, I think I'd be open to it. 
So Nicole, save all that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So Nicole asked for a little time to think about it, and I heard back from her three hours later. And she just texted back and said, just tell her that I've let go of my anger towards her. It only hurts me to hang on to that. So if she is sorry, I accept her apology. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'll tell her exactly that. I'm sure she'll be glad to hear you accept her apology and that you've moved on from anger. She also mentioned if you are ever willing, she'd love to reconnect with you because she misses you. And Nicole responded, thanks, but no thanks. I can forgive, but I'm not willing to rekindle any kind of friendship with someone who has the capability of hurting me. What's done is done. I accept her apology. That's it. And I said, understood. Thanks for your time. All right, Bridget. So where you stand with all that? Well, I think um, that's completely reasonable. I mean, I, I'm kind of disappointed that there's no chance to have a friendship again. But I, I really do understand. And I'm so glad that she forgives me. I think she could have been a lot meaner. Mm-hmm you know, based on what I did. So, I mean, I thank you guys for helping me with this. No, I think that's huge. And I think that should give you some solace knowing that she she's she accepts your apology yeah and i hope that you learned something from this situation too i mean it, this is the kind of thing that goes on your permanent record sorry i'm not trying to be a hater here just just i, yeah. I really do hope that this helps you in future friendships and that you don't do it again hey, so what, what abby is hoping is that you've learned the lesson of not sleeping with your best friend's fiance while planning their wedding did it's, you learn that lesson it's a good lesson it's a good of lesson of course i have it's one everyone needs to learn at some point yeah. some just learn it later than others if you do want to reach you. out to the ex-husband you may have a better chance of rekindling with him oh I'm just, I'm just He's just throwing it out there. Yeah. I'm just saying. The man's just throwing it out there. We've done worse. <laughs> Get it. The Bird Show. While I was in the gym today, uh, the other day, in my mind's eye, I was walking through the gym, watching so many people taking up real estate on the equipment with their cell phones in hand, just scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through whatever while they were occupying the equipment. In my mind's eye, it was like a movie playing out where I saw myself walking through the gym and slapping the cell phones out of the hands of everybody on the equipment. I would, ne- I would never do it, but in my mind's eye, that was the movie that was playing out. That, I think, is what you're talking about by intrusive thoughts. Yes. That is an intrusive thought. (laughs) Um, And I've had quite a few as of recent. I have a note, I have on my on my phone, in my notes, I keep a running list every time I have one and I've gotten to the point, it's like, <laughs> I need to clear some of these out and share them with you guys. Mine all have a common theme because I know that you do this from time to time and I've been trying to flag them in my head and they all have to do with people that are being selfish. Like somebody that is smoking a cigarette right out in front of like the main entrance to a building or somebody that's getting on an elevator while I'm trying to get off the elevator. All of my intrusive thoughts have me elbowing somebody in the face when they're being selfish. Okay, mine are not like that at all. Mine are just completely random, make no sense. For instance, I already had one this morning in studio for somebody in the studio. And obviously I would never do this, but I walked in, sat down, 
were talking and Mo was talking and I saw your hat and you have the stickers on him and I really just wanted to go over there and like take both the stickers off your head. <laughs> I always want to do that. Why? <laughs> but I would never because that would be so inappropriate, right? I mean, at least you didn't want to elbow me in the face. No, no absolutely not. <laughs> We'd have to jump up. Okay. So, and I love, I have so many Burt Show listeners, like, DMing me videos and reels and memes of intrusive thoughts on Instagram. So, thank you for making me feel less alone. Do you get these from time to time, Abby? Oh, for sure. And the yeah. yogurt aisle at Publix, bitches be taking way too long looking at the back of the nutrition <laughs> label. I'm like, move! You just want to say, like, make a decision. Make a decision. There's, you're, like, four options. <laughs> you're straining yourself over two grams of sugar. <laughs> okay, I'm just like, take one. I'm like, do you want peach or raspberry? Just take a bout. <laughs> All right, so here have been my latest intrusive thoughts. The first three all involve eating, okay? So I'm getting my nails did again. Uh, didn't for a while because, you know, kid, whatnot. And so I do S&S, and it's like a powder where, like, you dip and whatever. And the powder looks just like fun dip. And I was sitting there getting my nails done, and I was like... I just want to lick it. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to say cocaine. No, totally no it looks like fun dip. And I'm like, and, and then when like when you dip the um, solution in it, it'll change like a color. And I'm like, if I stick my tongue in it, I wonder if it'll change colors. <laughs> so that was the first one. And then yesterday in the um, here at work, uh, the station next to us ha- keeps their food in the hallway, and the onion rings <gasps> look so good. I do this all the time with that. And they I wanted to the ta- best food. I wanted to take an onion ring so bad, but I didn't. I've actually opened up their studio door before and gone, hey, do you mind if I have a fry? <laughs> and they're totally cool about it. <laughs> all right, and then um, went and had pancakes to celebrate my goddaughter's uh, baptism day. And there we are at the original pancake house and they warm up their syrup. So it's really like liquidy. Ooh. And I just wanted to take that syrup container and just like <laughs> open it up and go. <laughs> but, you know, I'm with children. That would have been highly inappropriate. Or even without children, that would have been highly inappropriate. All right. So um, I got waxed this week because my husband and I have a big date night coming up. Um Saturday night, and you know, for my son's preschool gala, I need to have a clean butthole. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I mean, I did not see that. Wow. <laughs> Save that? I no, no, no. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. It's it had been a while. Mama needed to get waxed. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm at Sweet Peach, and I'm getting waxed. And before the girl came in the room, there's like that big thing of baby powder or whatever. And I just wanted to put a bunch of baby powder in my butt, and then do a poof out out my butt. Ew. Like the LeBron with I, had, the powder? I was so gaseous that day. I was so gassy, dude. And I knew I could make one heck of a baby powder cloud. Um, okay, next one. I was at hot yoga. And it's it's the where I go, Yonder Yoga. I'm calling myself out of all my places. Um, where you walk in, there's one studio, right? So it gets pretty steamy, pretty hot in this yoga studio. And the windows get all foggy or whatever. And I really just wanted to stick my butt up against the window and make a butt print. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't. And then um, when I was visiting Rebecca while she was getting chemo. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. What? Stop this. Stop this while you still can. Oh, no. So I'm in this. Rebecca is one of our producers that's been out. Yes. She has tongue cancer. And I went and visited her last week um, while she was getting chemo. And, like, you're in this stark white room like everything is just really like just clean and pristine like it's 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 a really like high-tech nice building and we're sitting there and she's in her lounger barker lounger and she's got their you know stuff you know our ivs and whatnot and the there's so many little buttons (laughs) 
and the <laughs> her chemo machine started beeping. And you don't even know what those buttons are. But I wanted to push them all. <laughs> <laughs> just like buddy the elephant and just go <laughs> I actually stood up so her thing is beeping and I stood up and I'm just kind of looking at it and I can see Rebecca's face like I know this beach isn't about to like start pushing my kid <laughs> <Don't buttons>, right? <laughs> but then her nurse came in and I, I didn't touch anything but those were my intrusive thoughts for the past everybody week. has them <laughs> if you listen to the Burt Show you know we call romantic alone time piano playing and if you want to get a little bit better at playing your music sheet between the sheets the best way to get started is to go to adamandeve.com right now Adam and Eve is offering 50% off just about any item plus free shipping and rush processing and that's on all when you select your one item, you'll also get a free kit that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. The kit includes six free movies for your viewing pleasure, and Adam and Eve wants to make your life easy. They've got discreet shipping as your privacy is a priority, plus 100% free shipping with rush processing on your entire order. Bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your piano playing room. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item, something adventurous or something you've always desired. Just enter code Abby A. ABBY at checkout. That's Abby, ABBY at adamneve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code Abby to get your discount at adamandeve.com. The Bird Show. All right, let's get to this email here because it's a very interesting question, and it's one that I think a lot of couples struggle with uh, at their wedding reception. Like, do we bail early and go consummate this marriage, or... Do we hang with our friends? Because we're rarely with our friends. So do we just spend a couple more hours with our friends? And it can lead to a lot of tension. Abby's got the email. My fiance and I are disagreeing about something for our wedding night. Get your minds out of the gutter. It's not about that. We are getting married this spring and have every detail figured out. But this one. The ceremony is going to be short, sweet, and sentimental. I have my dream venue for our reception, and we have almost 150 guests attending that include quite a few of our friends from college. I want to head to our favorite college bar after the reception of the wedding after party. My fiance wants to leave the reception and head straight to our hotel to get the honeymoon underway. Listen, I love the idea of rolling up to our favorite college hangout spot in my wedding dress. Mind you, we don't leave for a honeymoon the next day. We are leaving the following Monday. He still thinks our wedding night should be just about us. But like, don't we have an entire lifetime of just us? Until we have kids, of course. Why not have some fun with our friends that we hardly get to see who have traveled and gone to great lengths to celebrate us? Please side with me, Burt Show. I mean, I am the P1 after all. JK, I'd really like your honest thoughts. I am Googling now because I remember this statistic blowing me away before. Um, Less than 40% of couples actually get intimate on their wedding night. We didn't. We did. I don't don't understand why you can't do both. I'm not picking up on... We partied with our friends. The venue closed down. We went out to a bar, partied some more, and then we had the rest of the night to ourselves. We partied after our reception, too, and we had a blast. I think a lot of people, if they're going to go out with their friends, uh, are going to get so wasted that that's, mm-hmm. they can't do both. So let's just assume it's either one or the other, just for the sake of argument. Uh, for me, this would be easy. Um, it just it would make sense to hang out with our friends for me. I mean, like she said, we have plenty of nights where we'll have our alone time, and your friends and family won't even be an option because they won't be around. I think if you ask 150 people to come to your wedding and to celebrate you, and they're all there, I 
I would I would feel like the right thing to do in that situation is to just have at least one night where you kind of thank everybody for coming by going and celebrating and hang out with them for a little bit. Yeah, I'm team go to the bar because you have the rest of your life to have mediocre drunk sex with your husband. <laughs> you, <laughs> you have endless days to go hang out with your friends and go back early at 9 p.m., get it on, and then watch something on Netflix. I think you really need to embrace this one night where everybody is... Is going to be in one place. That will never happen again. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Go to that college bar, have some cheap drinks, and enjoy it in your wedding dress. Yep, my now ex-wife and I uh, didn't consummate the marriage on our wedding night, and it bothered me so much for years. Did it? It did. Uh, that on our anniversary, some years later, we completely recreated the night, and I got to finish the deal later. <laughs> Same hotel, -uh. same limo. She set the whole thing up. I mean, it wasn't a reception with all of our friends. Yeah, but but that's so sweet. Set the whole thing up. Same room, everything. That's pretty cool. That is very cool. There was a small part of me thinking, oh, she's going to think this is funny if she turns me down again. (laughs) She said it all. That would have been hilarious. Um, Now, I don't think it would bother me whatsoever. I think that it, it... yeah, here's the thing about that night, too, if you've never been married. There's so much stress that goes in oh on it, man. Oh, my God. And the night goes by so incredibly fast. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you're getting your buzz on. But you're also giving so many people your energy all night long that when you finally get to the point of the night where you can do that, you're just you're so freaking tired. And I don't know that your 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 marriage should start on a Nike kind of night, or you just do it. <laughs> we just did it the next morning. Did you? <laughs> yeah. So we're all team, like, go and hang out? Oh, my God, absolutely. Plus, it, and we didn't even, we didn't have a honeymoon. Um, we, we, we didn't do a honeymoon. We had, like, a, because you made fun of me. We we went to the Bahamas with some friends before the wedding, mm-hmm. and we called that, like, our, our honeymoon or whatever with friends, and you were like, that doesn't count. So then we stayed a couple extra days, like, last minute, literally found a place, stayed a couple extra days, changed flights, whatever. Um, but, yeah, so after our wedding, we went to an old hangout with our friends and got shwasted when we went back to the hotel. <laughs> mm-hmm. He looked at me, and he, he, he was, like, about to, and I'm like, nah, dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a no for me. We'll just, we'll, 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 we'll make this puppy official tomorrow morning. <laughs> that's a soft no for me, dog. Yes. <laughs> the Bird Show. What's the old cliche that your uh, greatest strength is also your greatest weakness? And I don't feel stress. <laughs> I don't feel stress. It's, a, it, it's great and it sucks also because my body... As far as like all of my devices are telling me that my body is super stressed out, but I don't feel it at all. So I told you last week I was going to go and get some acupuncture. Well, they canceled on me last minute. Which, mm. Don't get me started. Did you feel stress? I felt a lot of stress. <laughs> I did feel it. I did feel that. Um, just as a sidebar, it's, isn't this so unfair that if you cancel last minute, they're still going to charge you for the appointment. But if the doctor cancels, they won't give you your money back. Yes. Don't give you anything. Uh, So today I'm doing it uh, at four o'clock today. And based on what you guys said, I'm really, really excited about it. Didn't you say like you bawled like a baby when you got it done? Yeah, it was like an emotional roller coaster. And they warned me it would be. But I was was at this point 
not a huge believer. And I was like, okay, sure. And I, you know, I prided myself on not having emotions. This is maybe when it all started. Because ah. I used to, Abby, they used to make fun of me on the show and call me a robot because I never shed a tear. Shocker. And now it's like every other week I'm crying on the air. <laughs> but I sat there and I like the elation I felt. Like I, I, that's the only, it wasn't happiness. It, I was elated. My soul felt light. My body felt good. And then it just dropped down slowly and I started crying. It was F, it was a wild ride. <laughs> uh, it really is a, uh, it's a cluster. It's a cluster feeling because I really, I, I, I'm not exactly sure how to process it because I feel, I told you guys last week, I feel really good. I feel really healthy, but all these analytics are saying like my body is super stressed out. So I'm not sure what to believe. So I'm going to go in and try this today. And if I start like crying like a baby, then I'll know you were right. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not that I don't feel things. It's just that I think that I grew up compartmentalizing based on my home life so much that... I internalized things and just went about my day like, there's nothing wrong, everything's great. That I think I've brought that into adulthood too, and your body doesn't lie, right? No, and so you've disassociated it all. Do you think you're stuck in a state of, like, if it's <clears throat> fight or flight, you're just stuck in a state of flight and you don't recognize it anymore? I don't know. I just get over stresses like this engagement breakup. I mean, I know that there are a lot of people that this would set back six months to a year, right? I gave myself like a month and a half to sit in the S, and then I'm like... All right, time to move on. Huh? But, but maybe it's just how you're built. But yeah. my body doesn't agree. So. <laughs> Are you the same way? Um, somewhat. I, I think you, you get over things a lot quicker than I do because I'm such an overthinker that I probably sit in it a lot longer and allow it to affect my life more than I probably should. But I always have the mindset of regardless of what it is, it is what it is, and you got to get through it. To Cassie's point, you could be stuck in a state of flight. Like, are you over it, or are you do you think that you're over it because you're running from those negative feelings? Oh, no, I'm definitely over it. Okay. Yeah. Because, <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, I kind of do the same thing. I think, oh, I don't feel things. I don't feel like those deep, difficult emotions. But I think it's because a lot of times I run from them or I shove them down. And I just think they're not there. No, I think I feel them pretty intensely in the beginning. And then at some point, I just kind of have a conversation with myself. And it's just like, I'm over that. <laughs> and then I just move on from it. I just feel like but now that the words are coming out of my mouth, it really doesn't sound healthy at all. <laughs> I just feel like there's got to be a better way to relax than sticking a bunch of needles all over your body. Like, why not go get like a head massage or something? <laughs> um, I've tried that. Okay. It, but the analytics still aren't there just yet. Mm, all, right. all right, Cassie. So a friend has an overly friendly boss. What to do about it? She needs some help because she... so. The interesting twist to this situation is that her boss is a woman. So it's not your normal like, oh, go to HR and report it. It's a dude being inappropriate. She started this job, I want to say like eight or nine months ago. And her boss has was always friendly, which is great. You want a friendly boss. But then her boss started calling herself like, Stuff like beautiful, um, honey, sweetie pie, like stuff like that. And my friend, one, doesn't use those kind of terms of affection. Like it's just not her bag. And so to have a boss calling her this, it's making her really uncomfortable because she's like in the workplace. I like to be professional. Um, it's cool like to have some chit chat about personal life, but there are boundaries because then when if I have to go to my boss and discuss something difficult, I'm not talking to like my grandma calling me sweetie pie. Well, she's not that old, but still like I'm able to have a proper adult discussion. And when my boss is calling me like 
honey and beautiful and stuff like that, it makes me feel one like a child, mm-hmm. like incapable. So it was inappropriate when Burke called us Slooty Patooties when he left the other <laughs> <laughs> That's a different relationship. <laughs> it, it was Slooty Patooties. Slooty, yeah. yeah, Slooty Patooties. Slooty Patooties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a friendly term of endearment. <laughs> you know, from, from Burt, it makes me feel like I've made it, yeah. you know? But, you know, for her, and it's just, they don't know each other that well. Like, again, been working with Burt for 13 years now, but they don't know each other that well. And, yeah, she feels infantilized like a child, she said, and she also feels like, it's blurring the working relationship Mm -hmm. and she doesn't know how to talk to her boss and she doesn't think her boss is trying to be inappropriate. It's not intentional. Right. It's just who she is. But she's also noticed her boss isn't calling all the other coworkers these nicknames. Mm -hmm. Once in a while, honey will slip out. But um, she's... Oh, I hate honey. Yeah. uh, (laughs) She's primarily the only one who it's happening to. Um, But it is when it does happen to other coworkers, it's men and women across the board. So it's not just like women are being targeted and men are being treated differently. She hasn't said anything to her other coworkers because I was like, what are your other coworkers saying? She's like, I don't want to talk to them because I don't want to be all weird and gossipy and make it a thing. But I don't know if I should say something or just roll with it because it's kind of harmless. And if she goes to HR... HR goes to the boss, yeah. and then the boss will realize there's only one person in the office I'm calling honey, so <clears throat> he'll know exactly who it is, and that will make she, her uncomfortable. Yeah. She, yeah. Uh, and it's such a mild thing, too. She's like, when am I going to go to the HR and be like, I'm upset that my boss is saying nice things to my face, <laughs> like calling me beautiful, violation, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how dare? And so it just, she's like, it seems like such a weird thing to make a, you know, a mountain mm. out of a molehill, but she's like, it just... It's not how I grew up, and it's not what I do, and it makes me uncomfortable. All right, so Mo and Abby, what would you do and what would you say to Bert if he was calling you, like, honey, sweetheart, babe? I think babe is a little, would be weird, but, Mm -hmm. like, I'm from the South, so, like, terms of endearment don't typically bother me. Like, you can call me sweetie, sweetheart. I get it. Like, I'm the young person in the workplace. Like, you're going to use some kind of term of endearment. And I just kind of think, like... Uh, I don't know. And maybe it's just because I tend to brush things off. I just think sometimes as a young person in the workplace, you got to choose your battles. There's a, a culture that you're stepping into that you, you're you getting used to. And if it bothers you, that's totally fine. But I think as long as it doesn't affect your professional uh, progression, uh, to me, this is not something I want to say anything about. It's gross and disrespectful. And I think if an older man is saying that to you, like if I was call- if I were calling you sweetie in the office, I think it makes... Uh, there's there's more of a problem. It would be a perception problem on how the boss sees the younger employee also. If you're using that on a younger female employee and you're the boss, it's so disrespectful and mm-hmm. dismissive and condescending. It's gross. I had somebody the same age as me call me honey multiple times, but I knew she was doing it in a derogatory manner. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, it's different when it comes from a woman, though. Uh-huh. Especially one yeah. that's your age. If it's like an older woman, then it's kind of like... She was like, oh, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, Oof. it's oh, condescending. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me put it to you this way. Let me tell you the ages. And the boss is maybe in her 50s, and then my friend is my age. So oh. this is not an entry-level position that she's going into. Like, she is a director at this company, but her boss is higher than her, and her boss is calling her this. At, and I think that's the thing, because I think Abby... You're right. Like in my 20s, I probably would have been like, whatever, it's fine. But now that I'm this age, I'm like, absolutely not. If I heard a, a, a supervisor that was a dude speak to somebody your age, a female mm-hmm. like that, I would probably say something as 
his contemporary, I would probably say something to him. Really? Yeah, it might I be in a too. it might be in a joking way, mm-hmm. but certainly make it known like, dude, that's not cool anymore. Dude, like, it's time to evolve. Uh, <laughs> have you checked a calendar? It's 2024. <laughs> yeah, we don't yeah. call our employees sweetheart yeah. anymore. I'm going around to all the old guys in the office after this. I'm just going to see what they say. I'm going to take notes. See who we can get fired today. <laughs> call them Slutty Patooties. <laughs> the Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Khloe Kardashian's ex, Tristan Thompson, will sit out 25 games by the NBA for cheating but this time on the court. (laughs) But before we get into that, I have to settle some beef with Kristen. Oh, bring it. Because I got no sleep last night because of the nightmares that plagued me after watching a show that you recommended. (gasps) Did you watch American Nightmare? I watched American Nightmare. Don't tell me anything. It's on my list now. Were you not incensed? So here's the thing. I do not like true crime. For me, I have very high levels of anxiety. I don't like to listen to things that could happen because then my mind will turn those into scenarios that could happen to me. But I also do feel kind of weird about using the worst days of somebody's life as entertainment. Do you know what I mean? Like a, like I get a true crime podcast always has felt a little bit icky to me. That's why I have the rule. I only do it if the family's involved. Gotcha. So okay. like, because they are clear, like they are sharing their story mm-hmm. and the family is involved. It's the reason why I didn't wa- watch the Dahmer series, nope. which was critically acclaimed, but because the families weren't involved with it, then then that, that's mm-hmm. the line for me anyway. That made you feel better? Yeah. yeah. So I, I turned it on because I was like, Kristen was talking about this during the break. So I'm like, let me see what it's all about because we have very similar tastes in TV shows. We both love that Apple Plus TV show, The Buccaneers. And so, so like, this has to be good. So I click on it. It's on Netflix. And I am hooked from the beginning because the whole case is sort of like... They, they compared it to Gone Girl. They thought that this woman was being, was playing the victim, but never really was. And just the whole story is a complete roller coaster. I mean, it, it's, it's literally an American nightmare where the police think that these people are, are pulling off a hoax. And that's not the case. I made the observation a couple of days ago because you guys, you were in here talking about this show a couple of days ago. So I'm like, I am going to watch this tonight and realized when I put it on that I am incapable of starting a new show until the series that I am watching (laughs) is over. So I think that (laughs) happens tonight for me. With This Is Us, I think Kate's about to die. Okay. And when she does, then I can move on. I think that's the last episode. Then I can move on. All right. Good good stuff. (laughs) Once you start it, you're in that thing. I don't see how you could start that and not finish it, like, immediately. That was my thing. So, because American Nightmare is is just a a three-part docuseries. So, you got three, like, one-hour episodes. And I had no intention of watching all three. But once I started, Mm -hmm. it's like... I could not wait till the next episode to f- to figure out like what was going to happen because it's so the the story is so bananas but it's the way they executed the documentary mm-hmm. you're like no he did it no she did it no they what? And it's real life. It's yeah. real life. You, you think is- you know what's going on, but you really have no idea. It's so many twists and turns. You might as well just black out three hours of your life. <laughs> yeah. You're going to start it. It's so compelling. I started it before bed last night. That was a mistake. And then I finished it right before I went <laughs> yeah. to sleep. So my nightmares were very vivid. <laughs> I hate, I'm terrified. No sweat bubbles for you. Yeah. No, God. <laughs> 
You know what that means. You don't want to know. All right, back to Tristan Thompson. So the NBA announced yesterday that Tristan has received a 25-game suspension for violating their anti-drug program. He tested positive for performance-hansing drugs. So Mm. glad to know that this is where the NBA draws the line in terms of cheating. Um, So let me ask you guys this question. Is this statement true for you? If a man or a woman is cheating in their marriage, then they will cheat in other areas of their life also. Ooh. No. So the way you do one thing is the way you do everything, I guess is a cliche. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. No? I actually, I, I do believe that. I, I think do a think, little bit too. I do think the way you do one thing is the way you do yeah. everything. And that's not like across the board. Like if you mess up or if you're slacking in one area, that means the rest of your life is in shambles. But I do notice when I have healthy habits in every area mm-hmm. of my life, whether it's like having good sleep discipline or good food discipline, like that will follow me into other areas of my life. It's like a snowball effect. So I, I think it's fair to say that someone could be a little... Could be I feel like if you're satisfied in your work life, wherever you're satisfied, then that, that, that wouldn't be... That wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people compartmentalize really well. Like, I, I know mm-hmm. people who are very loyal in their work situation or their friends and family, but for whatever reason, that just doesn't carry over into their marriage, but they, they easily separate the three. So you can have compartmentalized integrity. Yes, I think I actually think you can, and, and I, I know people who, who have it. <laughs> okay. say that. Also, some Rank people them. cheat. Rank cheat. <laughs> <laughs> them all publicly right now. Yes, sir. Uh, also, some people cheat because they have a condition like narcissism, and that you know they just have no empathy for others. So. I think it could bleed into a lot of areas. Yeah, and I also think, like, the type of person you are, like, your personality can lend you to be incredible at work, but also can lend you to be a horrible partner. Mm -hmm. That's true. So it's just one of those dynamics as well. All right, for more stories, head to the Burt Show podcast on your favorite listening platform. Look, if you're going to brainwash anybody, make sure it's your kid before their brain is too big to know what you're doing. This is so pathetic. What I'm about to share might be the most pathetic thing I have ever done. That's saying a lot for Kristen. It is. Next on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. Now is the time to do it when their brains are itty bitty, little bitty bitty, and they can't even tell that they're being manipulated. These kids, if you're going to brainwash them, do it early. The reason why I am brainwashing and manipulating my child is so pathetic. The fact that I'm even admitting this is very, very difficult, but... I, I hope that there is comfort in numbers and that I'm not, I'm not the only parent out here doing this, okay? So I have a son who is almost three. And yes, he has a tablet and, and we do screen time. We try to, you know, monitor it as, as best we can. But there are days when you're just like, sit in your chair and watch your screen. Like I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we went through a phase that was so glorious because it was a show that he loved. It was a show that we loved. And that show is Bluey. Bluey just came out with new episodes. I was really excited about these new Bluey episodes. There's just one problem. My kid's not watching Bluey anymore. Oh, <gasps> what? 
God dang it. Nope. Instead, Jimmy is all about Dino Ranch. <laughs> Kids being fickle and you're not attaching yourself to this show yet the way you did Bluey? No, Dino Ranch is cute. Don't get me wrong. It's cute and all. And they're riding around on their dinosaurs. And there are lessons to be learned. And they're saving the eggs from the raptors. Blah, 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 blah. Like, it is cute. But there is just something so magical about Bluey. And these new episodes came out. And I got to see two of them at Cassie's house when I babysat her daughter, Hazel, because they're still into Bluey. So I have been trying to brainwash my child back into Bluey. So what I've done is his friend Carson had a birthday party recently. and She had a Bluey-themed birthday party. Mm -hmm. So I got him real amped about it, right? I got her a Bluey-themed gift. I had on his Bluey shirt. We were lit. I put... I put on the Bluey soundtrack in the car mm-hmm. to get him into this. Like, this is how far I've gone, trying to get him into Bluey. <laughs> we have bought um, Bluey coloring books to get him back into Bluey. I We have bought a Bluey Play-Doh set. <laughs> I made a Play-Doh Bluey and a Play-Doh Bingo to get him back into Bluey. And then finally, y'all, finally, yesterday, he had a crappy nap. He gets up. We're cuddling on the couch. And I'm like, what do you want to watch? Do you want to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? Do you want to watch Dino Ranch? Or do you want to watch Bluey? (laughs) (laughs) And he said Bluey. So we start watching episodes of Bluey, and then he's like, I don't want to watch this anymore. I don't want to watch. And I'm like, can, I go, can we please just watch one more? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't about you, Jimmy. Yeah, you got to relax. So I really Bluey... want to know how cricket ends. So it, Bluey is set up like it's a storyline, so you have to watch from episode to episode? No, you don't have to. There are threads between some. Okay. There are eight-minute long episodes. There is a beautiful lesson in every single one. It caters to not only kids, but also parents. And I will say the episode I finally got to watch yesterday about Dragon, and I'm watching the episode Dragon, and then at the very end, End, when Chili has to say goodbye to the horse and then the horse flies oh. off and turns into a pegasus because it represents her mom. Yeah. I have tears like streaming down my face and Jimmy's like, I don't want to watch this <laughs> I didn't pick up on that until Chad goes, you know that's her mom, right? And I burst into tears on the couch and Hazel's like, what's wrong? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, see, here's the thing because my kids have started to shift away from Louie as well. They're all into Spidey and his amazing friends, which Fallout Boy wrote the theme song hmm. for, Patrick Stump. It's so good. Anyway, and PJ Masks. Um, How do we keep them on the Bluey train? Here's what we do. So you, you got to go no Bluey for a while. And mm. then I just say, we're watching Bluey today. I don't give them a choice. I just put it on. And because they haven't seen it for a while, they watch it. Mm. Otherwise, it's, I want PJ Mask. I want Spidey. No, we're watching Bluey. And I just take away the choice. Oh, yeah, that doesn't work in our house. It's going to rebel against that, huh? <laughs> it's Bluey yeah. or no TV. But I mean, the, the sheer fact, y'all, that I had... Bluey coloring books, Bluey Play-Doh. I was listening to the Bluey soundtrack. I was literally trying to brainwash my child back into Bluey. So not he, Mm -hmm. but I. (laughs) I could see the new episodes. You know you could watch them without him instead of your murder documentaries. That's creepy. You could put on Bluey. Why is sitting alone in the dark in your bedroom watching a murder documentary not creepy, Like, but watching a children's cartoon that has a lot of adult messaging? Can you not leverage your love? Can you tell him that? Mommy will love you more Ooh. if you watch Bluey, or Ooh. Mommy will love you less if you don't watch Bluey. If you watch Dino Ranch. <laughs> he, he, he won't talk about this <laughs> in therapy at all. No, not at all. Dino Ranch might mean what? more to him than your love. <laughs> Jimmy, why do you hate blue dogs so much? <laughs> You're on The Bird Show.
All right, the email is a major concern. So in this one, she is wondering if she gets a tattoo and it's super noticeable, is she going to ruin her friend's wedding pictures? Now, we have, over the years, I felt like had every scenario when it comes to tattoos and uh, bridesmaid dresses. Hey, this one says, my best friend getting married at the end of the year and I'm in the wedding. I currently only have tattoos that are covered by clothing for the most part and would be covered by the dress she picked. I've been saving up for a sleeve and I would like to start working on it. I finally found an artist that I like. I'm concerned that getting a sleeve would be a major aesthetic change right before her wedding. I know it's my body and it shouldn't matter, but as you know, all too well, people care a lot about their wedding pictures. Should I wait until after her wedding to get started on the sleeve or should I ask her opinion on what she'd prefer? I want to move forward with what I want for myself, but I also don't want to ruin anyone's special day. Their special day. Um, By putting too much attention on me with a major change like that or messing up the look she wants for her pictures. I also don't even know if I want to stress her out with the question because it will in no way harm me to just wait until after her wedding to start. I'm sure Cassie could give better advice on the photography end of it. I assume it'd be a disaster to have to edit my whole arm out of the picture if that's what she wanted to do. Any advice is appreciated. Thank you so much. Love your show. Here's the thing. I know that this is a big deal because wedding photos, I mean, they're around forever. They're going to be up on people's walls. And I really think the only way to answer this question is, what do you think your friend is honestly going to feel? Because some people, they're like, whatever, tattoos, like it's not a big deal. But for for some of your friends, you know that they're going to look at you sideways. So to me, this is an easy answer. A, consider what your friend is going to think. But also, even if you're on the fence, like if you're not 100% positive on what her decision would be, like why not just simply wait? Like unless it's like a year and a half from now, if it's in the next couple of months, just make the appointment for after that way you still get the sleeve that you want and you don't have to mess up her wedding photos as a man i I don't even know how to answer this because this wouldn't even be like a thought to me if i wanted to get the tattoo i I would just get it i I wouldn't even have thought about like my friend's wedding or my friend's wedding pictures i would just feel like however i show up is how i show up and if you don't want me in the wedding pictures because of how i look that's fine i wouldn't be mad but i would not base what i'm gonna do in my life off of if my friend will accept me in their picture or not so even if you got like a face tat, you think they'd be fine with it? If they're not, they're not. But I wouldn't not get it because my mm-hmm. friend wouldn't want me in his wedding pictures. That wouldn't stop me. Cassie, you're the photographer here. So uh, what would you think? That's a lot of editing uh-huh. to do. And that much editing would probably incur extra costs to the bride. It's it's doable, but it's a lot of hours that go into it. Um, I would hold off, honestly, because you know it's a big day. And I'm not trying to say, like, plan your life or your aesthetic around your friend. I'm sure your friend's going to love your sleeve. But I, my understanding is sleeves, they take a long time to complete as well. So do you really want a half-finished sleeve? Like, that's going to be what everyone sees of you. I would put it off and wait, and then you don't have that issue at all. Um, you can have the best of both worlds. Get it. And there is incredible, incredible concealer makeup that covers up tattoos now. Over a whole arm? Yes. Really? Absolutely. I've watched two girls. I don't I don't know how this ended up in my algorithm. I watched two girls covered in tattoos cover their body, and you couldn't even tell they had a single tattoo. Really? It's, my sister-in-law had some tattoos when she got married that she wanted covered up. The makeup artist, um, 
you had you had no idea she had this giant marine bulldog on her shoulder when she got married. You I, could not see it. I guess I have to get into your heads here just a little bit. So if you're looking back at your wedding photos, would a tattoo on another woman really like distract from the picture? No, not for me. But I know some people are very particular about that. So that's who I'm trying to answer. For me, I don't care. Get your tattoo. Mm-hmm. But people get weird about weddings and photos and aesthetics. So I'm like, if it's something you don't have to do and you really care about the person and you know they're like this, just wait. Well, keep it very simple. So like you're looking at a, a photo, a wedding photo of a bridal party, right? Mm-hmm. Like if something is, if somebody has something that nobody else has and it's like a whole entire sleep tattoo when you look at that photo that'll be the first thing you notice or if somebody has really brightly colored hair or something like that like if it's i mean and i'm all about people being their own individual selves but just from a basic looking at a photo what's the first thing you see you're going to see the person with purple hair and, and as the bride, you want that to be you, you not want to somebody see the, else. Yeah, I'm with Mo. It wouldn't it wouldn't affect but me at all? I, I would put off the put off the tattoo. I I, I, w- I got married six years ago. Nobody's ever looked at my my wedding photos. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. literally, nobody's ever looked at my wedding photos. I look at mine all the time. Do you? Mm-hmm. I really love them. So I'll go through and I'll look at my friends and stuff. I see pictures of you guys there. You know, I love seeing you, Abby. I'll Photoshop you in a couple of there. <laughs> So, I mean, I get it. I think it's just, you know your friend. You know the right call. Your gut knows what to do. It's the Bird Show. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.